Hello, welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, we answer questions from our listeners. We have listeners. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay, Nadia, what was the question? Yeah, one of the questions we were asked was, what do you do when you're stuck on a design for a client, you don't feel inspired and don't know where to start? Yes, because that has happened to you, but it's happened to everyone, right? Design is, it's it's a tricky industry because you're creating art for someone else, right? And and art is so subjective. I mean, it's right. It's in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you think is beautiful could be completely opposite from what your client wants, but they've come to you for your expertise. You're supposed to take their style, <laughs> which sometimes is nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and turn it into this beautiful room, right? And they're expecting magic. They want their room to look like what's in their mind, right? And if you can't connect with that, a pattern we're talking about more connection with clients Mm -hmm. but sometimes it is hard sometimes you just can't figure it out yeah so you want to tell them the story the beginning part where where you met the client and you you were really stumped you didn't work on it for like a week yeah I've actually had this happen to me a couple times where you know you get a client and it's just so different and just the parameters and what they want and Sometimes it just clicks and I'm like, yes, I'm so happy. And then sometimes it can even start out being, eh, and then you get really excited about it. Yeah. So with this client, um, I had to take a couple of days just to step back and get inspired and be excited about this project because I was not excited. I had no vision. I mean, yeah, it was a couple of pieces and then seeing what they wanted, and they both didn't know what they really wanted. So I didn't really have much to go off of other than that. It was so dated. I had a budget. It was a pretty good budget. But they were like, we don't want to change the sofa. We're okay with it. So I was like, okay, I mean, it's okay. I'll just put fresh pillows. Like you always say, it's not going to be better at homes and gardens. So I'm like, I'm just over it. But then um, I know you always said to start with one piece or at least the rug. So it's a big, you know, focal, focal point. focal point. Start with your focal point. Something yeah, and base so it, off of. it had oranges and reds. And then I, yeah, I didn't know if to make it. And they kept saying, we don't sit in this living room. And I'm like, challenge accepted. I want you to love this living room. I want to make it so fun. So I didn't know if to make it a little swanky or fun, not formal, but they are traditional. So I had to make it really transitional. And then I had these like really cool swivel velvet dark gray chairs, which are so me. So I had to sneak it in there. And I had to expand them, you know, the high contrast and they swivel and it's fun. Um, a little bit of modern with the transitional transition style and the traditional. And they actually loved it. They went for it. And I was so shocked that I was like scrambling, sweating, putting everything together. They're it like, was yeah, funny. Let's didn't, go. Didn't they end up buying a sofa though? Yeah. And then there was a sofa <laughs> on the floor that was just, um, it was a discontinued piece. It was on sale. It was performance, beautiful, traditional. I'm like, I will be doing a disservice if I don't sell you this off the floor. It's $1,300 bucks, $1,300. And it was over 2000. Normally. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she was just kept saying like, I'm frugal. I don't care. Like, and he's just like, just, just do the design. We'll see. She's like, no, like let's stay in budget. I don't really care. And she's like, you know what? I love it. Let's take it. So I was so shocked. And they're actually one of my favorite clients now. They're so sweet. They're so simple. They're so chill. They didn't even check the invoice. They're just like, okay, here. So the point of your story. Yes, <laughs> sorry. I kind of go on and off. The question was, how, when you're not inspired, right? Start with a focal point. Start with one thing that it does inspire you. And this was a tricky client because they had come in and said they said they just wanted their house 
like they wanted updated. accessories. They wanted updated. They wanted things tied together. They wanted it to look like a designer had done it. And it had been, you know, it, you could tell that they had kind of maybe worked with someone in the 90s. Um, it was dated, but it was, you could tell it was well done for yeah. the day. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of changes. We actually, um, I've been working with Nadia a lot on their window treatments because they've got tricky windows. Oh, yeah. They have, but, so this is what I teach. Start with something, and, and especially when you're walking through the house with a client and you're thinking to yourself, what in the heck am I going to do with this? How am I going to tie it together? I've asked people, I've said, show me something that makes you smile every day. Every time you see it, it can be anything. It's a scarf. It's a, I have literally designed a room around a tie, a man's tie, because the color combination was amazing. It was like gray, like a charcoal gray and a little bit of aqua and a tiny bit of orange. And no, granted, this was like 2008. So that was pretty fashion forward color combination, which now you see it everywhere, but it was beautiful. Um, There was a condo in Florida that I designed around plates she loved. She had these dishes that had sort of little flowers and I went off of those colors. She loved them. She absolutely adored her plates. So you just never know where inspiration's gonna Mm -hmm. hit. But, But if you can find one thing that you know your client's gonna love, if it matches that or looks like that or feels like that, then that's enough. Yeah. To start. And I also didn't like seeing how I work with clients now and realizing my journey is sometimes it's okay to have a stump for a few days and not pressure myself or, oh my gosh, I don't have it together. I don't have it together. Because like you always say, sometimes it just clicks, especially mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Like it always just clicks. And so even though it's like, I was pushing the wire and you're like, you know what? It's just a touch base. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to stress. It's just a touch base. Mm-hmm. I kind of started getting really excited. I'm like, oh my God, this actually might have a lot of potential. This actually can be really cute. And it ended up going to, it's going to be so cute. I actually really like it. I'm excited. Yeah. Those green swivel chairs are beautiful. Oh my gosh. They're like yeah. deep, deep forest, almost a teal green. It's kind of teal and, and charcoal uh-huh. in some ways. So it's going to be cool. Be like swanky. Yeah. They're going to love it. They were thrilled. They they loved the design you came up with. Um, and they ended up buying more furniture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I thought it was a touch base. And they literally just, okay, sure. So I'm just <laughs> scrambling, trying to get it all together. I didn't even do a Take a deep breath. Floor plan. Right? There's no such thing as furniture emergencies. Yes. I say yes. that all the time. But no, you did a great job. Oh, thanks. But that is, you never know. You know, and, and I've gotten inspiration from movies, from something you see on the street, from fashion, always from fashion, right? So... You don't have to just look at Instagram or house or getting inspirational pictures. Look elsewhere. You know, maybe it's a feeling. Maybe they vacation a lot. And, you know, they have a a condo in Hawaii. Maybe they want, you know, you just never know what's going to inspire you. But the one thing can be the piece that then the entire design Mm -hmm. is surrounded by. And you'll be amazed at how it just sort of naturally evolves. It's really organic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it's like a light bulb it's like yeah it took, it took a couple of days and took a couple of days of me being okay with it taking a couple of days and not just pressuring yes. myself that but then sometimes time it's okay. yes. yeah times you can't wait too long because life happens and they might decide to buy a boat with the money yeah. that they were originally going to spend with you <laughs> which they had a portrait of a red boat so i said you you mentioned you like that boat in water did you want to take it like nautical i'm like oh no, no no we just like that we just like the water i'm like cool it's a red boat on a, <laughs> on a in a big frame above your other sofa but 
It worked no. out well. Yeah, it's going to be great. And they're so happy. They're thrilled. So here's another question we got from someone. What do you do when your client does give you a budget, but it's really low? <laughs> Every day this will happen, right? And in fact, I was just speaking to another design friend of mine and another designer um, who was in the store and furnishing her new Palm Springs uh, a house here. And I keep trying to get her on the podcast. I'll, I'll wear her down some point. But she was showing prices to her boyfriend and he sort of freaked out. He couldn't believe some of the prices. He started with the budget. He said, what about 10,000? And she said, the sofa's going to cost 10,000. And he about lost it, right? <laughs> and he's thinking, well, it's just because my store has expensive things or designers have expensive things. And so she got out Pottery Barn and put together a sectional. It was almost 9,000. She, um, They went to another store in town and looked at sectionals. He said, oh, I like this one. She said, well, first of all, the one that we're ordering from Chelsea is bigger. It's better made. And look at the prices the same. <laughs> so sometimes it's just finding a way to get them familiar with the price of furniture because they're not they don't know i mean usually especially we're usually talking about guys right they know the price of cars they know the price of certain items but you only shop for furniture a couple times in your life yeah for most people they're not crazy furniture lovers <laughs> like us so they just don't know and you know it 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 might seem crazy that you're going to spend that kind of stuff or that kind of money on you know on a room or a piece of furniture but this is how you handle it as a designer. First of all, it is a great teaching moment. You can educate them and say, well, you know, part of my job as a designer is to help you set your expectations, you know, what you can get for your money and how far it'll go. And, and I'm all about, you know, teaching you the pieces that we need to invest in and then saving other places. So I will absolutely show you, you know, the, the different areas and how we sort of put together your design to stay in a budget. Now, your budget might be a little low because of the things you want, the th number of people you want to seat, and I know that you want quality. You know, it's not like you want to go to Ikea and just <laughs> have disposable furniture. And sometimes it is that. Sometimes it's throwing out sort of a silly suggestion that they'll say, well, of course I don't want Ikea furniture. Like when I talk about getting a budget from someone and they don't have a budget, one of the other techniques is to say, well, all right, how about 500000 and they'll look at you like you're crazy and you just laugh. And of course not. Okay, well, 500. And say, well, I can spend more than that. So there's different ways to approach it, but you need to approach it. Because if you try to save too much money, if, if, you're, if you're bending your ethics, your, your morals for selling them, you don't want to sell them junk that's not going to last. You don't want to sell them furniture that's not quality you know, you want to be respectful of their budget. And that's why, like I talk about, you don't have to take every client. Not every client can have a designer. Not every, not every person in the world gets to pay $200 to have their hair cut and, and colored. Not everyone has a housekeeper. Not, you know, not everyone drives a luxury car, but we don't feel guilty about that. They just don't have that now. Mm -hmm. So if it's an unrealistic budget, there are ways to talk about things, right? And, and explain, um, you know, investing in quality pieces, what it means to invest in, a, you know, not a high-end piece of furniture, but a quality piece of furniture. Uh, sometimes I'll use cars. Like mm -hmm. I said, they know car pricing. 
and use different analogies and say, well, like this sofa that we're looking at, this is like a, uh, a Lexus or an infinity. You know, it's not a Kia and it's not a Lamborghini, but it's well-made classic. You know, it's, it's going to be comfortable. It's going to last for a long time. So you just need to educate them. Mm-hmm. But there are times when you have to kind of back away and say, you know, I understand that that's your budget right now. Totally get it. It's going to be pretty hard to do this room for that. Um, but let's look at phases. Let's look at different ways we can do this room and we'll kind of grow into that. Mm-hmm. We'll start with the basic pieces, like a really good quality sofa that's going to last. And then we'll use some of your accessories that you have. Um, maybe we find a chair and then we'll layer and I'll show you how we can do that. So they're going to respect you for not making them feel stupid. You don't want to assume that that they're that they have tons of money they're just not telling you about, right? Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, people will always spend more. Yeah, than I was they just say. say that. I mean, think of any time you've gone shopping. You're like, okay, I'm only going to buy a pair of you know black pants. I've got to get black pants for work. You're going to end up coming out with a sweater. Try going to Costco for under a oh, hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! Yes, that's the ultimate. So they will always spend a little more, mm-hmm. but it, it is your job, again, as a professional, to calmly and, and without shaming them, to explain, explain yeah. how it works. I feel like a lot of the majority, and even just thinking back to my clients, a lot of them do sp- end up spending more if you take the time to educate them, like you always mention, and just to say like, hey, like this is a really good piece, let's get this, and not that or vice mm-hmm. versa and then sometimes you know when you actually show them hey i actually found a similar piece similar style here's a different price point i know you're on a budget and they end up saying you know what i actually don't want to sacrifice that and i'm, I'm okay uh-huh. with that and i was i was pleasantly surprised because even though there was a budget and even with my my favorite dream client she was like oh man like i feel guilty spending that much money on my room like it's a little more than i expected but hey again there wasn't necessarily a a budget given to me and like you always say I'm going to give you a good better best uh-huh. I gave you the best here's a, a good option and she's like after a couple of days you know what I'm okay with it and she's done that to me three times and yeah. in her daughter's bedroom it was just you know bare minimum I'm like yeah that's fine like I can work with that um, and then she just started adding more things and adding more things and then towards the end she's like oh man it's a little bit more than I wanted to spend and at the end of the day she still did it yeah so again everyone's a little bit different and then when you start even showing them your work Mm-hmm. And they end up to trust you. And I had that even today happen where it's kind of hard to gauge her. And the minute I showed her my work, I hadn't had that chance to do that. I'm like, hey, this is someone that trusted me mm-hmm. that allowed me to give her that wow factor. And I said, you know, we've had other clients that kind of are choosy here and there. And that's okay. But sometimes you're not going to get that wow, wow factor because you're controlling every single aspect, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, and it, it, money's always hard to talk about. So there are, again, unrealistic expectations because they just don't know. So if a client says they want to do a whole living room, right? $5,000. That's a stretch. But, but I did do an entire condo for 15000 It was hard. But I found, I, I mean, it, it was more work for me and I probably should have charged more but I couldn't because they were on such a tight budget but it really was that you know we did buy some accessories from Ikea we bought like the runner for her kitchen it was just a sisal rug we got that from Ikea and some accessories I did find a sofa that was on sale at a store off the floor like you'd sold to to your client Mm -hmm. Um, so we did it 
And it was 15, but it was a new young couple. They'd just gotten married. This was their first condo. And I really, I knew that they, that this, they knew this was a jumping off point. They knew they weren't going to get top quality on everything, but their sofa was great and their chairs were great. And we started with that. And then we saved with the other stuff. And then they've called me back over the years and we, you know, they upgraded to leather chairs. They upgraded, you know, different things adding um, because they said, you were right. This chair only lasted a year and now it looks Mm. like junk and our dog (laughs) has destroyed it. So um, I helped them find some other, you know, nicer chairs, but when they were first starting out, but yeah, I would say like 5,000 for a room, anything less than that. And again, it's so much more work as a designer because that's just not, you know, if you think about a sofa starts at a thousand dollars, even an Ikea, a sofa is like seven ninety nine, right? And then you've got a chair. It's going to be around anywhere from 500 up a rug. It's going to be even starting rugs. You go to home Depot and get a rug. It's going to be 500 yeah. for an eight by 10. So when you start adding it up, especially if you want art, you want lighting, people freak out at the price of lamps. Lamps are really expensive and, and throw pillows, try finding a custom throw pillow for under a hundred dollars. Good luck. So yeah, if a client says, yeah, 5,000 for a room, you can do it, right? If they say 2,000 and they want all of this furniture, it's not worth your time as a designer. That's one of the, that's a person that doesn't get a luxury car right now. They'll have it someday, right? But right now that's not, it's not reasonable. And I don't know if this is like a little off topic or not, but like the way I also see it when I approach clients, I love to tell them that I want to give you something that's going to be timeless and sure getting some things from home. Cause that's great. Like I do it too, but I know that I'm going to have something that's not going to be timeless because it's a last piece that's given to home goods or TG Maxx, which yeah, is great exactly. stores. But do you want to pay me to give you a design that's already starting to get dated? Yeah. Do you want to invest kind of moving backwards? That's why like, like candles, yeah. You get places like that, towels. Unless they don't care, but still, that's, I don't yeah. know. And, and at, certain, at a certain point, as you get more successful as a designer and as you grow your business, you won't touch rooms for under 10000 When you're insistent that you only sell quality, a quality sofa starts at 2000 period. And that's like base fabric, no bells and whistles. I know the other thing that's a really good way to explain to people who aren't familiar with shopping with furniture or shopping for furniture. So think about a custom sofa, right? We have ours, um, Norwalk is our biggest upholstery line, which we love. Norwalk has been making furniture for over 75 years. It's made in a factory where it's considered bench made. You have a person that's actually putting together your frame, putting it up on a bench. They're upholstering it. It's one person working on just your sofa specifically for you one at a time they don't pre-make them and stock them in a warehouse because we want our clients to have choices right we want the details we want to do you know we want to choose the kind of pillows we want to choose the cushion content we want to choose how comfortable it is how deep it is when you are talking about that kind of furniture which most people when they get a designer that's what they're hoping for or expecting there are so many people involved in making that furniture, of course, it's going to cost a little more. Um, Window treatments. People always freak out at window treatments. But I usually explain, which you you might not realize when you're buying custom drapes, 
You have one person that does the cutting. You have someone else that does the pleating. You have someone else that's going to cut out your the lining. There's weights that are involved. There's so much that goes into a, a window treatment. Then you have, you know, you've got the price of the fabric, the price of the lining, all the materials. Then you have a drapery installer. Then you have the hardware. It isn't just like buying a pair of curtains. You know, custom window treatments, there are a lot of people involved in creating a beautiful custom piece for you. And it's going to, it's going to look the part. I mean, you can tell instantly when you walk into a room. Exactly. And, you know, think of all of those people have careers, have jobs. They're all artisans, of course. You know, they need to make money too. It's not like these are all in, you know, sweatshops overseas somewhere. So when you're, when you're describing again, that's why knowing your features and benefits is so important, but sometimes you just have to explain to people, you know, it it depends on the piece, right? You're not going to have to do this for an Ikea piece or something. You've got to teach you. And what their priorities are. If someone is okay with it being a room that's going to be dated in a couple of years. Well, or they just want flash. They just want cute, trendy, who cares about quality? They don't care if it lasts for a year. Again, they're not really people that should be working with designers. Mia yeah. is a new designer. You may have skills and you want to help this person because you know if you, I mean, if you, if you had to start all over again and you were broke, you would still have a really cute house, right? You would find a way. You would be turning, you'd be Story so creative, life. right? Yeah. Well, for most of us, most designers don't start out wealthy. Most yeah, interior designers, you're having to work for your, until you get to that level, right? Where you're making really solid income. We can do it, but that doesn't mean you need to do that as a designer. You'll be cutting yourself short. Strive for bigger. Strive mm-hmm. for, for people who can afford nice quality furniture, who have the money to invest, right? That's what you should be striving for as a designer. No, but I totally agree because even just looking at pictures from like a year or two ago and you look at it and I'm like, man, it's already so dated because you get pieces that are just so fast. And I'm like, and I can see that's money. I can see that that was really in and cost a lot, but you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like a designer's just... picking out should be that temporarily trendy. I mean, there's nothing that you're going to invest money in, you know, unless you're getting purple zebra stripe something because purple's hot it, right it's now. It's those stores that are like Pottery Barn, Restoration Hardware, like Z-Gal or like TG Maxx where you, like it's cute in the moment. Then a, a year later, you're like, man, but people still spent money on that. But when you, and this is from the podcast, I'm just saying like, but when you actually invest into a piece that's like designed and simple or you actually paid a lot of money for it, you can like see that value like years later. It can go both ways because in 1992 when I started, I'm old, as a designer at the store Expressions. Now again, custom furniture. So they really wanted to be over the top to show people how creative you could get. Like make mm. something that was so crazy. Like look what you can build here. In the front window was really cute kind of a mid-century modern looking sofa it was purple leather no it was a pretty kind of a plum no it was purple <laughs> and the piping the welt cord was hot pink leather that yep. hot pink i think that's kind of cute with purple <laughs> at the time it was so cool it was so stylish and that was a really really expensive sofa but see it works both ways you don't want your client to invest that kind of money in something that's so trendy. I mean, it was like a $6,000 sofa back in 92 and it was purple and pink and it had these chairs that were, um, a really thick kind of a woven, it's called matelassé. It's a, it's like a tapestry, mm. but it's kind of quilted and it had big fish in turquoise and pink and purple. So you could, you had to look really close to see that they were fish. 
but they were fish. And then imagine this. Behind it was a folding screen as kind of a backdrop, but it was a folding screen. We actually sold a ton of those. And it was clear glass that had been etched with a sea life. Oh, my sea. God. Like there was a dolphin and... <laughs> it was beautiful it had like the sea sea, seaweed coming up and stuff but and it was kind of a turquoisey cast because it's that really thick glass oh my gosh Uh uh-huh it was but at the time it was so cool i mean that was a rock star room but i wonder who bought that sofa and what they did with it eventually and how long it lasted because purple and turquoise and hot pink didn't last much longer after 92 that was really an 80s thing Oh, you know what else I did when I um, was stuck on my project was I asked Katrina. I asked a second opinion and kind of got like, we sat on the couch together, we talked. And then after that, I got up and I was like, I'm just going to push through. And then that's when it kind of like. Well, sometimes you do get stuck. And that's why hanging out with other designers, talking to other designers, you know, in a chat room or, um, you know, we talked about working as a group as designers, getting other designers that maybe you share a space. Mm -hmm. Um, It really helps. Uh, to bounce ideas off each other have you ever had a client where it was just great a to z like Like, it was easy easy on every front i feel like every client i have there's always something and yes granted i'm new but still i feel like gosh every single time there's something new there's like i'm always just stressed out and tired well i know but you'll get the hang of it (laughs) you'll get the hang of it um no i've had clients because because the way i teach it right you solve these problems before Mm-hmm. You you go into that first house call doing your chat and you lay the groundwork. This is how I work. This is how you're going to work with me. This is what I expect. This is, I had tons of problems before I figured all this stuff out, before I had a pattern. If I do it this way every time, I don't have those problems. So I think you get sort of hung up on the style thing. And that's just because you haven't done enough houses. You really have to just let go and and understand that it really is like not you're helpless but that you are just the artist and their home is the canvas and you're going to create it doesn't matter what the style is it doesn't matter what the taste is it really doesn't you could do a purple and pink leather sofa (laughs) but you're creating beauty right so it's whatever they want and once you kind of let go, then I think of it as a challenge. If it's mm-hmm. a, a room or a style that I don't like or I've never done before, it's a challenge. It's scary at first, but you just got to roll with it and think of yourself as an artist. Like, how can I make this beautiful? Yeah. And you're, you're doing it. You're killing it. I'm proud of you. You're growing. Oh, thank you. I'm designer. actually really excited for that house. Gen- yeah, it's going to be great. proper excited. Yes. Wonderful. Sure. Happy designing, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Happy designing. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcast and Spotify, and soon you will find us on YouTube where we will upload podcast videos. So stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and house at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.